Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TI Connect podcast. I'm Adrian. I'm Nick. Just a quick reminder, everybody. This content was originally in video format and has been adapted to a podcast. So some things are better seen than heard. Don't let it stop you. Go to ti.com slash connect and you can see the full videos. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Connect series. I'm Nick. We have a very exciting topic today. We have Dan Torres here. He's a product marketing engineer on our automotive connectivity team. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me today here, Nick. Sure. Yeah, and uh, this is a really interesting topic to me. So, you know, every year at CES or in the news, we see more and more uh, technology and wireless technology going into vehicles. That's something we can all relate to because we all pretty much drive them every day. Can you tell us about some of the emerging trends coming up for connectivity in vehicles? Right, that's 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 a great question. It's uh, it's a buzzword for sure right now happening in automotive. Um, there are a lot of exciting things happening and not ro- not really being just a buzzword, but really becoming a real uh, kind of uh, problem that we're working towards solving. Um, some of the things that are happening in, in automotive is how do we make the car more seamless integrated to the phone, for example? How can we use the phone in new ways to enable new use cases inside the car. So, for example, right now, there's a big uh, trend happening with digital keys and being able to use the phone as a key. And so basically allowing the phone to become or replace your key fob and being able to allow the user to get into the car in a passive way, right? And then start the car in a passive way. So, and then with that also, you know, enabling personalization by knowing that you have digital profiles now and digital keys and how do you pass those keys and how do you use those digital profiles to do customizations and and personalizations of the cabins, right? I like the settings in the AC some way. I like the lights in some way. I like the power seat to be calibrated a certain way. So those kind of things can be enabled by connectivity and using the phone as the main uh, way to basically configure your car and then get you in, in the car and allow you to drive your car. Uh, so that's one of the biggest trends, but all the things that are happening in automotive is, uh, how do I replace cables? Because as you go, uh, and as the industry goes, we are seeing the, 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 that new sensors are being added. Uh, like, uh, you know, for autonomous vehicles, you have to have a lot of sensors to be able to predict what is happening in the road. And so for that reason, that means that you have a lot of cabling happening, a lot of connections. So that is posing a real challenge. It's, it's incrementally and exponentially growing the number of sensors that cars are needing nowadays. And for that reason, connectivity is becoming a big trend and a big topic in terms of how connectivity, how wireless connectivity can help to overcome some of those challenges in the future. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. So uh, I'm looking forward to the future where I can sit with my phone, the music I like comes on, sets the temp I want, starts my car. Uh, No, yeah, it's all very exciting. And now I know um, for vehicles, obviously, you're kind of in a safety critical, life critical uh, environment there with with a vehicle. So can you talk about the difference between the type of product that needs to go into uh, an automobile versus like a a Bluetooth speaker, a consumer product? Right, that's a great question. Uh, So, we live in exciting times here at the, the Connectivity Business Unit because we're just about to release our next generation, our third generation of uh, wireless SOC in the 2.4 GHz band. And it's basically based on our commercial grade, grade parts. And what we do 
is we qualify those to meet the AES-Q100 qualification standard. Okay. And it means that you have to have a more stringent test flow okay. to actually meet the requirements for automotive customers. So in this case, this new device, CC2640R-Q1, is able to perform uh, from minus 40 Celsius all the way to 105C. Okay. Compared to the commercial grade version of that device, it, the temperature range is only going from minus 40 to 85C, for example, right? right. So extended temperature is one of those things. The other thing is we do different uh, kind of testing. Uh, the test flow is completely different to be more challenging and being able to mimic and simulate home, some of the harsh environments that these devices are going to be put through in the life cycle of the product, in this, in this case, the car. And so, again, we do a lot of things to make sure that we put the best devices out there with the highest quality, making sure that our customers get a really great part that they can use and, and go on with. Okay, yeah, so uh, stricter testing, um, more tolerance to temperature, harsh environment, uh, all of those type of things. And then uh, any difference in package or device type or does it does it look any different than the commercial that's a great question uh, we actually use automotive grade packages so this device cc2642r1-q will, will be uh, pin compatible uh, with our previous generation cc2640r2f-q1 okay and uh, it's basically using what we call wettable flanks yeah so it's a qfm package with some dentations in the landing patterns especially on the pins to make sure that uh, automotive customers can actually do x-ray inspection, especially okay. when they mount uh, these devices on the PCB. Okay. So it's easier to detect when there's a false contact in one of the PCBs and then they can actually double inspect that using x-rays. And if there's something wrong with it, they can actually go back to the production line and they can fix that. Wow, interesting, that's new for me. I didn't, I didn't know that's what, uh, what that was used for. So you mentioned a couple of families here. I know uh, TI connectivity is not new to the automotive business. Can you walk us through kind of where we've been and where we're going? You said there's a new part coming. Yeah, so uh, we're releasing our third generation of BLE SOCs for automotive. As I said, CC2642R1-Q1, it's that new device. In the previous uh, generations, uh, we've had in production CC2541-Q1, which was the first one that we auto-qual um, a few years back and then after that one we released CC2640R2F-Q1 uh, so again as I said this is the third generation of devices that we're releasing for uh, wireless SOCs in BLE and 2.4 gigahertz type of applications but we also have a lot of expertise and experience in automotive with our Wildlink 8 products okay. uh, we've been selling those devices in uh, for infotainment systems for the last 10 years so these Y-Link products are Wi-Fi plus Bluetooth plus BLE combos uh, that are in the most popular car brands that you can imagine for managing, again, your infotainment system, the Bluetooth connectivity, the Wi-Fi spots inside the right. hotspots inside the car. So again, we have tons of experience and expertise in automotive. We've been selling millions and millions and millions of devices. So we're very excited about this. Again, like I said, we're living exciting times because there are a lot of new trends in automotive, new use cases, yeah. uh, for example, uh, tight pressure monitors uh, based on BLE. Okay. Uh, some other applications where you want to replace cables for wireless sensors and some other things. And so looking after alternatives to lean and CAN, which means traditionally uh, the preferred protocols and, uh, and connectivity solutions for in vehicle networking. As I mentioned a few seconds ago, connect, uh, personalization. So, so many other things that we can do and, and 
so many problems we're solving when it comes down to using wireless connectivity products to replace cables and also have some sort of uh, you know customization around the cabin and so on and so forth. So okay, very exciting times. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And it sounds like uh, you know if you drove somewhere today, you likely had a TI chip uh, on, on board your vehicle when you were driving. Uh, so that's cool. And you know, I actually got a flat a few days ago, um, and I got the tire pressure monitor notification saying, hey, you might want to check. Uh, right. So I'm sure there was some wireless involved there. Exactly. Now, uh, if, if we get down to the hardware specifically, can you tell me the CC2640R2F-Q1 versus the new device? What are high level, what, what's new, what, what are we getting? Uh, great question. Uh, a more powerful processor, uh, 2640R2F-Q1, it's based on Cortex-M3. Uh, CC2642R1-Q1 is Cortex-M4F, uh, more memory, so going from 128K bytes of flash to 352K bytes of flash, more RAM from 20 kilobytes to 80 kilobytes, uh, you know, more security features and enablers. Uh, the hardware accelerator that we have in 2642R2R1-Q1 is actually more comprehensive, supports uh, more encryption uh, mechanisms, uh, so that's in a nutshell some of the huge difference. The other thing is uh, we support uh, BLE 5.1 with 2642R1-Q1 and uh, 2640R2F supports BLE 5.0. Okay. And so <clears throat> one of the things, and again going back to your trends, is using localization as a way to find a phone with respect to the car. And so uh, many of the phone as a key use cases are enabled by receivable signal string, RSSI signals. But now that we have VLE 5.1, now you can use direction finding using AOA, angle of arrival kind of techniques okay. to do triangulation in addition to trilateration with RSSI. So enabling more tools that can help customers to really uh, more accurately locate uh, the phone with respect to the car and inside the car, inside the cabin, right? You can actually try to figure out where the phone is, if it's in the driver's seat, if it's in the passenger seat, if it's in the second row, the third row, and then based on that, again, you can do personalization. You can define who is taking over the infotainment system, who is driving the Bluetooth connectivity. Okay. Oh, that's a cool feature. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like, you know, more memory, more processing power. We're, we're, we're given the tools here to, to expand applications. And, uh, you know, I sense a uh, follow-up video coming to dive deeper into the real-time localization. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on and, and kind of introducing this new part to us. Anything else as far as resources or to cover with the device? Yeah, it's a fantastic part. Uh, we have a lot of customers going into production with that device in 2020. And so we're very excited because like I said, we're living uh, in a very interesting times in connectivity for specific uh, automotive, uh, automotive applications. So again, very exciting. So. Thanks, Nick, for having me here. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. the time, and then uh, you know, thanks everyone for you know, stay tuned. Cool. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll we'll see Dan again. Thank you guys for joining this episode of the Connect series. Again, the automotive space is very exciting. It's moving quick. We're at the forefront of it. Um, so we appreciate you guys joining. As always, tune in next week. We've got more great videos coming for you. Thanks.